The word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There are certainly plenty of weeds around, from your bothersome front yard dandelion to noxious weeds that get radio time. I'm happy to throw in the likes of nettles and poison ivy, too. All of these, from the unsightly to the dangerous, go back to Genesis 3 and the fall into sin, when the Lord told Adam that one of the consequences of sin would be thorns and thistles. So, if you like... Every weed is a reminder that the world is gone haywire because of sin. So are you. So daily repentance is a blessed thing. So is the news that Christ bore all of your sins to the cross, and he wears the worst of weeds, a crown of thorns, as a testimony that he's taking your curse upon himself. In our gospel reading for this morning, we have different weeds, There are weeds among the wheat. That's what the servants report to their master. He has sown good seed in the field so that it might sprout and grow into a splendid harvest. But now, as the grain grows, there's something sinister afoot. Among the wheat is zidzania, 
It's a kind of weed that looks and grows just like grain for a long time. This is not like a field of two-foot-tall bean plants with a five-foot thistle towering over like Godzilla ready to destroy Tokyo. No, the weeds and the wheat look nearly the same, and they will until harvest time. We don't know the ratio either. For all we know, there may be as many weeds as wheat. There may be far more weeds than wheat, so that the grain is nearly choked out. An enemy has done this. That's what the master of the house says. He knows more than we do, and he's certain. He doesn't dwell on how or why, or what he and his servants might have done differently. Instead, he must decide what to do. His servants suggest one option. They can work their way through the field and pull the weeds. A quick and tidy fix that gets things back to normal as soon as possible. But no, says the master, in pulling the weeds, they will also pull wheat, and he doesn't want to lose a bit of grain. There is another option left unsaid in this parable. The master could just burn the entire field and be done with it. But no, he says, instead, wait for the day of harvest. At the end of the season, all will be evident. The wheat will show their heads of grain, and the weeds will not. As the field is cut down, the reapers will gather weeds and bundles to be burned, and they'll gather the wheat, every last stalk of it, into the storehouse. Until then, until the harvest, the master and his servants will have to endure the glee of that enemy, because it will look like the enemy has won as long as the ruination continues. For a while, the master and his servants will have to endure the doubt of all the other farmers around who think that they are doing nothing in their patience. But the master's plan is simple. He wants every last stalk of grain gathered into his storehouse. He will have the most careful of reapers when the harvest comes. They will not let one weed into the storehouse, and they will not let one stalk of wheat fall into the fire. Can you imagine harvesting the field stock by stock? And here is the thing. It is not that the master is so miserly or greedy or desperate that he simply must have every last grain accounted for. No, it's that he treasures every last grain so much that he will not let it be lost. That may sound a little strange, a little obsessive on the part of the master of the field. What sort of farmer cares for every last grain of wheat? Why not be content that some is always lost in the process, the cost of doing business? It's just grain after all. It's just a mindless plant with no thoughts or emotions or will. The master is a sentient being who thinks and speaks and does. That's quite a gap in forms of life. Of course, if you want a bigger distance between the brains of a farmer and a stalk of grain, try the distance between a holy, almighty God and unholy, sinful man. And if you think that it's a little bit nuts that a farmer would make sure that not one stalk of wheat is lost, 
bear in mind that God makes sure that none of his people is lost at the cost of his own son's blood. We don't have to guess what this parable means because the disciples ask Jesus to explain it and the Savior obliges. Jesus is the Lord of the field and he sows his word throughout the world. The word sprouts and takes root to raise up a harvest of his faithful people. It's great imagery. I mean, you can't say, I sure am glad I chose to be a Christian, any more than a stalk of wheat can say, I sure am glad I planted the seed that led to my sprouting existence. That's not the big point of the parable, though. The big point is this. In this world created to be good by God, there are a lot of unbelieving sinners. The enemy has done this. It is not the Lord's will. The Lord says so, and he doesn't give a ratio. There could be far more faithless than faithful, so that believers are hard to find. The wheat could feel terribly outnumbered by the weeds. The wheat could be terribly outnumbered by the weeds. And, for the most part, the wheat and the weeds will look alike. They will often act alike and sound alike. If you take a picture of a crowd, you can't start pointing at faces and saying, that one's a Christian and that one is not. It's not like Christians are taller or healthier or fitter. They don't glow in the dark or leap tall buildings in a single bound. They get sick like everybody else. They struggle like everybody else. Some days they get a lot done. Some days they do stupid things that they regret. They get their hearts broken and their dreams crushed. They succeed and they fail. They face the same temptations. They often commit the same sins and they suffer affliction like everybody else. They get into family arguments. They'll be just as impatient and grouchy as everybody else. The wheat and the weeds appear to be the same because the difference is unseen. And the difference is faith. Faith that God gives in that word that he has planted. By his grace, believers repent and confess their sins. They trust in the Lord when they are sick, they pray when they are afflicted, and they commend themselves to the Lord in the heartbreak and failure. By the work of the Holy Spirit, they bear fruit as his people, and they cling to what they do not see. They continue to be fed by the Lord of the harvest, who showers his word upon them and feeds them his own body and blood. And they wait. They wait for the harvest, the last day when Christ returns, because it is then that they will be delivered. They will be delivered from all causes of sin and all those who have brought them trouble through their lawlessness. And it is then, it is finally then, that they will no longer weep and gnash their teeth. Instead, they will then shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. See, this is an important little parable to remind you that you live by faith. There will be those who say that if you are truly a Christian,
then your life will be happier, healthier, and more prosperous than those around you, at least if you have enough faith. There will also be those many weeds who say that your faith is in vain because it isn't making any sort of difference here and now. But Jesus tells you that weeds and wheat will look the same. To expect any different is to deny his word. But to live by faith, that is to live by what he declares. It is not easy to live by faith, but let's be clear. It is difficult not because the Lord has said, because these people have sinned against me, I'm going to make them live by faith as punishment. Living by faith in God's word is not difficult because the Lord is tormenting you. His word is far more certain than your life, your circumstances, or the latest scientific data. Living by faith is not difficult because God makes it so, but because your sinful nature wants nothing to do with it. In fact, living by faith would be impossible except that the Lord of the harvest is faithful. Rather than cut his losses and burn the whole field, he keeps sowing his word. By that word, he comforts you with the incredible news that rather than bundle you off to the fire, he went there in your place. He died your death and shed his own blood for your salvation. He promises that he will keep you as his own, and he promises that the harvest is coming. He does not forget you. He forgives you. Your faith is not in vain. And on the day of the harvest, you will shine like the sun. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.